Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. And joining us now, the other half of the greatest wrestling podcasting tag team on the planet today, Bobby Blaze. Hey, man, what a fucking introduction. There you go. I'm already dropping F-bombs on this one because I'm so excited. We had so much fun on last week's episode, man. Yeah. All I can tell you is we got a great topic for this one, man, and we've been having fun with these podcasts, and it is very, very, very quickly moving up to be one of, if not the greatest podcast on old school, new school, the right school of professional wrestling and all things entertainment with Bobby Blaze and the professor on the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. That is correct, Bobby. Yeah, last week's episode was a great episode. You know what? The last two I've had a lot of fun with, so you know, I'm hoping we keep yeah. that trend going. I do too, man. They've been a blast. And I think at the people that write us back, you know, let us know, listeners, fans, they just, they could hear it, man. They know them guys are just having a good time talking about professional wrestling. You know, it, it's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But it's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, speaking of speaking about professional wrestling because uh, we do host a show where we talk wrestling and sports entertainment is a four-letter word Ugh. this week we are talking about the best promo guys in the wrestling business yes man that's great we've got a of course always we start with a lot we've, we've got an honorable mention list we've got a top 10 but man anyone uh you know out there that's listening they know how we do ours uh just kind of preface it there a little bit uh you know we just kind of cut out there's no managers gonna be mentioned or anything like that it's just professional wrestlers that's gonna be mentioned and uh you know we could have put 25 on here man and we started we really did trade horses on this one mm-hmm. we even broke out a couple guys that'll be surprising on this list i think uh this week so uh, yeah we, we've had some fun just kind of setting the top ten up, man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Good stuff. Good a- stuff. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, this week, this this is wrestlers who were great on the mic. Yes. Man, mic work is important because a guy who can kind of wrestle but is great on a mic can have a career. A guy who can really wrestle but sucks on a mic, nobody knows what to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those three. It's a lot of ingredients. Like you got several ingredients to make a cake, and I've said this before. In professional wrestling, basically, you have to have three things. Your your three main ingredients, like in a cake, so like a flour, egg, and sugar, or flour, egg, and milk. Whatever you mix it up, four mm-hmm. or five. In professional wrestling, that's the thing. You know, uh, all three ingredients would be you know a, a a great worker, of course, that'd be important. A great body, and then a, a great talker. Those three things. That's your main three ingredients. And if you look at all the great ones, they they either had a great body, great work, and, and and can talk though again if you had two of those things if you had a great body and you can you can wrestle or work you could always get a, a manager you know they have your mouthpiece yep. for you if you're a below average worker you're probably not going to get you know whatever especially if you have a good body good talk whatever so you can do a combination of those ingredients and i think on our list today you know the main thing that's gotten all these guys over is 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 pretty much all these guys i'm gonna say oh on our list just kind of had a glance down eight out of ten of them had great bodies all of them could work and all of them could talk. So I had two of the three ingredients and that's what it really takes is, is the main two, you know? So anyway, being able to work and, and talk to people into the building or get them to believe in what you're saying. So yeah, we got the greatest, uh, you know, promo, best promo guys in the biz. I won't say the greatest because someone else's list may vary, but Hey, we got our list and, and we, we, we like what we, I think you'll like the fans will like who we've picked on our list this week. Oh, I, so, you know, and well, and here's the thing. If they don't, we'll at least hear about it when these videos hit YouTube. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Yeah. Hey, real quick, man, guess what? Guess what? We've picked up a show sponsor this week. Oh, fantastic. Why don't you tell yes. us a little bit about, about yes. our sponsors? The good guys over at Wide Men Can't Jump, they've got a podcast. Um, you got Nate and Tim and TR. Word out to you guys. They This week's episode, they talk about the draft. Uh, it's a unique sport podcast. It's dedicated to all sports, from the casual diehard fans, uh, all the way to just anything else in sports. They, they talk about professional wrestling. Uh, sometimes I've been on their show a couple times. It's a really fun podcast. We've done college football top. Uh, I've done the playoffs with them one time. Uh, We've got some really good stuff. I want to mention this for the wide men can't jump. I'm really put them over right here because uh, if you follow them on Twitter, it's at wide men. If you go to the web to- uh, site, it's blogtalkradio.com backslash wide men can't jump. And I'm going to tell you, I've got something good. I don't even know if you know about this, Jeremy. I've talked to Nate. Uh, sometime we've got a date locked down. I'm not going to tell you that date yet. I'm going to surprise you with it. But I'm going to be doing an interview on Wide Men Can't Jump real soon, real soon with Nate and Dan Severin. 
and that's going to be offered as part of their Patreon package. Uh, for less than $2 a month, you get all the extra behind-the-scenes offers they offer. I'll just put it that way. Uh, we're going to work out something with them that uh, I'm going to go on the Wide Men Can't Jump podcast. I'm going to be speaking with Dan Severin, and we're going to do a shoot interview uh, here shortly. And when that's up, uh, once again, we'll plug the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump because very, very proud that uh, Tim and Nate and uh, TR back here, uh, you know, giving us a shout out and giving a little support for a fellow podcaster. So I just want to kind of put them over. But that's our sponsor for this week, man. I'm real happy to have them on board because I know what good dudes all of them are. I really do. Yeah. So anyway. No, they are all great guys. Um, you know, Nate is the guy I interact with the most, but Tim Tim sends us messages on Twitter and Facebook all the time. So thank you guys. Thank you for sponsoring this week's episode. Thank you for some of the ideas you sent our way. Um Bobby, I'm I'm really excited about this interview. Do you and Dan have any heat between you, or is, or is everything uh, cool? I think everything's cool. Um, yeah, to the best of my knowledge, shit, many heat there. Uh, we had a mutual friend. I think they had some heat uh, with him and said something, but it was it was I wasn't involved in the whole process, and uh, it was just a misunderstanding. It was just one. Of, I thought, ooh, that's kind of stingy. But uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to set you up here for something. The the MMA guys have such a different mentality, and I think we've got a good. List or you're going to put over here in just a minute when yes. shout outs. But uh, so, yeah, another MMA guy who I won't mention uh, had said some things about Severin and then complimented me. And I was like, you know, OK, you guys can fight. I'm here to entertain. I will use that word. Sorry. But uh, when it comes to Dan to be Severin, yeah, I don't think there's any heat. I'm really looking forward to this talk because I haven't spoken to him for a while other than via social media. But Nate has been trying to put this together since April. And pretty soon, folks, on a Wide Men Can't Jump podcast, you're going to be able to hear the interview to it's going to be conducted between Dan Severn and myself. If it goes good, hell, I might get on the phone with him. He might have some heat with me. I don't know. I know I put him over my books, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, well, you, And you put him over in those matches, too. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I had no choice. <laughs> I looked at I looked at Cornette and said, you know, uh, he said, Bobby, you have a problem putting him over? I looked at him and said, are you, checking, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're kidding, right? It's a rib. Yes. <laughs> I know who's going over. <laughs> Oh, man. Gentlemen's agreement here, man. Yep. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, hey, you got a shout out, I think, talking about MMA. I do, I do. So, um, you know, on our Facebook page, uh, which you can find our group and our page on Facebook just by searching Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze or Bell to Bell. I got a message from one of our members. The fellow's name is Sal French. And what he says is, we are a judo and sambo team and BJJ in catch wrestling. We mix it all together in Nicaragua. Uh, zombie MMA and Sabout. Big fan of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. Your podcast motivates me and my students. Sal, thank you. It is yes, awesome. You. Awesome to hear that. Awesome to hear from Nicaragua. I hope you guys enjoy what we do. I mean, apparently you do. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us. It really means a lot to hear from the fans. Yes, thank you so much, Sal. That's awesome, man. Appreciate that. Nicaragua, we're reaching the world, brother. Woo! That's it. Yeah, so so when I, when I call us the world podcast heavyweight champions, I, I got something <laughs> backing it up now. There we go, man. That's awesome. Man. And, awesome. And the French love us too, so you know. Yeah, we're still over in France. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Anyway, what do you want to move to next? We'll save our book plugs. How about that? We need to get busy on this damn episode, yeah, man. I'm yeah. excited about it. So it's episode 46. It's the best promo guys in the biz, as we're calling it. And uh, I'll let you start if you do have any honorable mentions. If not, I have a couple uh, that I'm going to mention before we get into our top ten. Um, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and start yours because I suddenly can't find my notes because I still had to like whittle it down to just one or two from, okay. a, from a list of 50. So, <laughs> well, my first uh, honorable mention is going to go out to the one and only Professor Boris Malenko. Man, uh, I'm sitting here in a uh, shout out to Shane Storm. I've got my Professor Malenko shirt on, black with gray lettering, and I'm really fitting back into it real good right now, and I feel real good at it. But Professor Boris Malenko, I had heard Jody uh, here recently, his son, on a, another podcast, and um, it kind of made me realize how, how much, which I already knew, but how much he was over for promos. And uh, he would talk, you know, he'd write notes down. And I've seen his handwriting, and I don't know how the hell he even read that stuff, because it's like mine now that's been broken twice. I can't, but I still write, you know, and, and, you, and you know what you're right. But he'd go over and rehearse it and admit so many different things the way he would emphasize the words and he would just, you know, bring the people, talk them into the building. And then my second one goes out to Terry Funk because I had Terry Funk. 
drunk actually tell me in Knoxville, Tennessee, Bobby, do you know who needs to be in a Hall of Fame? My daddy needs to be. Dory Jr., your trainer, Professor Malenko, needs to be in a Hall of Fame. I mean, he went on to cut a promo on me in a locker room about how Malenko, he had learned from Malenko's promos, you know, to style his after him. And I think that's a huge compliment. My first two go out to Professor Boris Malenko and Terry Funk for great promo men in a business. Now, this third one, man, is someone a little bit different. I'm just going to put this out there. I really do think this guy deserves to be mentioned. There's no hidden agenda here, although I'm going I'm to throw it out there and just tell you. You know who I think has a really good fucking promo is Jock Sampson. I have to say. Oh, Jesus. Jock, Jock, hey, I understand you got a little bit of heat with him. Yeah. Jock and I, I'll keep it very professional. I'm just going to say it's Jock to me. <laughs> I love some of his promos that I see on the uh, interweb, the, the internet or social media, whatever you want to call it. And some of them I've had him see, seen him say out and he does keep him very very professional and so jock i'm gonna say professional yes i'm gonna say this jeremy professor i challenge jock i know you two got a little bit of heat going on so jock you you can put me in it i don't give a fuck okay i don't care but here's the thing you can leave me out of it i'm challenging jock samson to cut a promo on the professor Jeremy Vilmer, or if you don't even like the podcast, if you don't listen to it, I'm, I think he does from what I understand. If not, someone tell Jock to balls up, grow some balls, come on, cut a promo. If you don't like the podcast, he can bury the podcast. If you want to bury me, Jock, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. I'm still putting you on this list, cocksucker. And then more so though, I want to hear what you, I want you to cut a promo on Jeremy, the professor Vilmer. And, 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 and if it's good and i don't have a doubt in my mind jeremy it's gonna be good and professional i will say if you'll be so kind to edit in if you can handle the heat that jock could bring in their promo air it in a future podcast i'm just throwing that out there jock if you're listening you're on this fucking list as honorable mention whether you like me or not it's irrelevant i have respect for you as a quote professional as i said do what you want to do with it jeremy there you go i threw you a softball because i know jock and someone else done something that kind of fucked you up the other day well first off Jock has been on Twitter for three three weeks in a row now, <laughs> threatening me, you, Casey King, whoever the fuck else he can get in. Um, oh, by the way, Jock is wrestling the fucking franchise Shane Douglas tonight, and I hope Shane mops the fucking floor with him. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we find out a hospital we can send flowers to Jock at when this is done, which then brings me around to another thing. When I tried to figure out what hospital or morgue he'd end up in, Jock knew right where to hit me, so I know he listens to the show. Because yeah. he, he told me to send him to Missy Hyatt's house. <laughs> what happened? What happened? I want to know. I was following. I was loving it. I know one of you guys will get me a good pop through the week. And when I saw that, I popped. Go ahead. Finish oh, your story. Oh, so so Jock has ruined my childhood now. My, <laughs> all of my teenage fucking Missy Hyatt fantasies just went out the window because of him. And then I thought he was just like fucking with me. And then Missy Hyatt comes in and fucking supports his claims. She buries you. <laughs> Hard. Yeah. Send a beer to Jock, you know? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Oh, Jesus man. Missy Christ. Hyatt comes on. We like that, man. Way to go, Missy. Yes. Yeah. So, and he, but, she gave him apparently the nickname, King of the One Night Stand. You that's know? right. So, so hey. the good news is, is now we know that Jock is only good for one wrestling match or one bout in bed. So that's... <laughs> Yeah, there wow. you go. So anyway, I challenge you to come on here and cut a promo on you. I do know that. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to get into our top ten. That's my honorable mention. I want to backpedal one second and just go ahead and throw us out there. Friday, June 28th, just so you know, if you're listening to the program, if you're in a Dayton, Ohio area, I will be at Dayton Under Fire for FTCW Wrestling. Uh it's going to be Dayton Under Fire. It's a big bike rally deal up there in Dayton, and they have a lot of live entertainment and a couple of, of the uh, music and bikes and all that stuff. They're having a wrestling show. Uh, man, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be there. Al Snow is going to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing Al again. Um, it's uh, Dayton Under Fire. It's Dayton, Ohio. They've got guys from Impact, guys from Ring of Honor. They've got guys coming. Girls, they've got girls matches. Jillian Hall is going to be there. Anyway, I think Casey King got a match. Misery. It's going to be a real good action-packed show. I'm just there for the meet and greet only. 
I'm going to be meeting and I'm going to be greeting. And as soon as I'm done, it's time for a cold beer or so. And I'm going to watch the matches and enjoy it with a few bikers, hopefully a, a couple banging chicks, and uh, uh, watch the show. And I know Al's going to be doing a meet and greet. I know Julian's going to be doing a meet and greet. And it's going to be a really good time. And it's next Friday. It's in Dayton, Ohio. It's called Dayton Under Fire. Um, I'm going to say the doors open around 6 or so, and the show starts at 7 o'clock, and it'll be a couple hours of good, good wrestling. So there's an FTC shout-out, too. Fucking, we're shouting out to everyone, but we got to get off this podcast, bro. Yep. Well, hold on. I'm going to give my two shout-outs to the guys oh, real bad. quick. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So number one, I'm going to give it to your old pal and the guy who provided you with a car for your family, Buddy Landell. Ah, yes. Uh, I, Buddy was great on a mic, and again, we're in, we're in an era. Buddy's been gone for a little while. People are forgetting about him, so let's make sure we throw that I, one out there. Actually, Masa, my good friend from Japan, he posted yesterday was the anniversary of Buddy's death, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's a good one. Buddy is a hell of a promo. And, and, and all kidding aside, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Buddy's a good dude too. Had a good heart, he really did. Yeah. And so yeah, that's a good that's well, a good one. Man. Buddy Buddy had one of the most earnest on air personalities. Like he came across like he believed every word he was saying. Yeah. And whether he was trying to be humble or a shithead. He was earnest in in his mic work 100% of the time. Now I got an oddball for you, and we'll, we'll see if anybody even remembers this guy. Above average Mike Sanders from the last days of WCW. If you have not seen some of his mic work, but just WCW, because the little bit of time he did in TNA, he was fucking garbage. <clears throat> he was so good on a mic that they overlooked the fact that he couldn't wrestle. Okay. Yep. Well, man, you stumped me on that one. Yep. I have to go check him out. Oh, Damn. yeah. Well, you know me. I always play Stump the Swami with my uh, references. <laughs> You are the professor. (laughs) All right, Bobby, so we we have dragged our dicks around enough on this one. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, man. We sure have. Let's start with number 10. Again, we're talking about best promo guys in the business. People's going to be surprised, but we put this guy at number 10. CM Punk, I'm just going to throw it out there. Hit it, Jeremy. Well, CM Punk, yeah, he was one of those guys. His charisma carried his career. Now, his in-ring performance was outstanding as well. Oh, yeah. CM Punk, I mean, obviously, people are going to want to talk about the pipe bomb promo. But the one I'm going to reference, and, and keep in mind, we're talking about their mic work in the aggregate over their whole careers, not just one one time on the mic. Punk got out there when he was feuding with Jeff Hardy, who was about to have a DVD released, and told everybody, you know, <laughs> do not buy this DVD for your kids. This is a <laughs> shit human being, and it will ruin your children's lives. <laughs> that, to me, I mean, it takes balls. I mean, we can speculate about the behind-the-scenes on any of his mic work, but the guy was a fucking genius with a microphone yeah. in his hand. And I've seen some recent posts he's had on Twitter, and I have to say, you know, if nothing else, man, uh, he, he walked away from wrestling on top, and that's that's the goal for everyone, mm-hmm. I would think. And people would be tweeting about other sports, and I saw him talking about this the other day, movies and sports, and people still want to bring it back to wrestling. He said, try walking away from it, man. I didn't. <laughs> you know, he feels so much better. Not to say he won't come back. I don't know anything other than what I read on social media or whatever, but I'm just saying, man, the guy has some good mic skills. And mm-hmm. like you said, you referenced a couple of really good uh, promos. And again, we put this out there, fans. There's no manager on this list. And there's also, we changed it up a little this week with, with who we got on our list. And that's going to take us to number nine because of someone also current uh, from the past and also current. You may throw it out there. Chris Jericho. You know, it's funny for guys like my age, your age, because we got to know Jericho from his Smoky Mountain days and his you know early WCW career before he really became the Chris Jericho that he is now. Right. But I think I think his his feud against Ian Malenko when he yeah. got out in the ring and read off his one thousand and two moves. I think that is where we all saw like shit. Th- there's something here. This guy's got something going on. He went out there. You think he says uh, something along the line of challenge when he said to Dean. He said, you know, you might be a man of a thousand and, and, and one holds or whatever. I've only counted X amount of them, but he had a thousand and four or whatever it was. Yep. That's pretty good stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. I met him in Smoky Mountain. Good-hearted, down-to-earth guy, you know, back in the day. Uh, saw him in WCW quite a bit because he traveled in that circle with Dean and, and Eddie and Chris and, and a couple of those guys that are no longer with us. But anyway, Jericho, I didn't really, you know, I was just coming in, maybe been there a few months or whatever, and this is right before the Malenko feud started happening. Dean and I spoke quite regular. Even the night I signed my contract, I spoke to Dean. I just haven't much respect for him, and I, and I know he knows that. So if he was listening, if you see Dean, tell him I love him, and he's a great guy. We have our special little the way we are. Uh, Dean knows it, and I know it. But anyway, back to Jericho. 
Dean told me one day he was walking through the arena and, and Dean and I just sitting there. He goes, Bobby, when I look at Chris, you know what I see? He goes, I think of one word. And I was like, you know, just sitting there waiting because he's talking. And he says, charisma. And he just was starting to hit that microphone. He was just starting those things. And Dean saw it way before I did. And then, you know, shortly after, he, he had a chance to jump ship to go to New York because uh, they mm-hmm. didn't do anything with them more than what they did or try to do with them in WCW. Mike skills, wrestling skills, the, the matches, like you said, with Malenko and everyone else. And then the next thing you know, he's on fucking WWE TV or uh, feuding with The Rock in a verbal fucking, you know, blah, blah, oh, yeah. blah, whatever. So, again, uh, back to the Malenko thing, Dean saw that way before anyone else did. And oh, yeah. He probably, he probably knowing Dean, uh, the way he encourages people, being a coach and, and getting that from his dad and his brother and stuff, being a, a lifetime around a business, I'm sure he, he encouraged Chris even more, like, push it, push it, you yeah. know. Uh, push your mind, push your body, push your, push, we can do this in a ring. Uh, you know, no different him and, uh, telling Lager in, in Australia or something, see them going, no, there's no cameras here. We can do this. Try it. You can like, you know, you just try it. They go out there and do something you've never seen before. You're like, holy fuck. Oh, that's yeah. why he's one of the best in the world. But that's why Chris Jericho, he just kept working. I'd see him in the back just talking to himself looking off and and he he put into it and now i mean fuck he's on this list he deserves to be on this he probably deserves to be higher on this list oh it could very well be here's the thing i mean quite often our top 10 lists they're all 10 spots that are tied for number one in in reality (laughs) yes Yes, very (laughs) well chris jericho yeah you want to you want to know how good he was on a mic he held his own against the rock and we'll see and we'll see if uh We'll see if Dwayne Johnson ends up on this list or not, I guess, as we go. Maybe. we got to go on to number eight, though. Mm-hmm. Double A, the enforcer, Arn Anderson, comes in at number eight. He's tough. A lot of people is going to reference the one we talked about on last week's program oh, yeah. where he says the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Again, we're not talking about just one interview, though. When he talks about that and drops the hand down, yeah, that's a good promo. Sometime in November of 85, as we said, yep. Arn, he would look at that camera and he would talk. And as a heel, the thing about Arn, he would tell you what he was going to do, what he expected expected to happen during a match and also the expected outcome of that match. And that's what a good heel does because not only does he say it, Arn would go into the ring and do it. If he said he was going to try to, he didn't say he's going to kill someone. He said, I'm going to try to break your fucking arm. Mm-hmm. And he would go in there and work the arm. He would do that. And if he said, you know, he was going to be victorious, there's a good chance he may be going over, but there's that indication that, oh, he's going to get beat too. You know, he, he never really talked down to his opponents either. Like, you know, you're a loser or you're a fat ass or whatever. He would talk about what an athlete this guy was, how tough he was. And he was going to go in there and take his arm arm off of his fucking body and he would try to do it you know so it's oh, a yeah. build up well, the break. well it's, yeah Arne anderson was a guy i mean he very rarely got real loud i mean he, he'd get a little bit loud but like you've talked about before if everybody else is yelling then you kind of chill the fuck out and stay a little yep. bit quieter Arne anderson did the thing that everybody likes to say they do you know oh i mean what i say and i say what i mean yeah but he really did and you're right yeah. he would hey you know what i'm gonna come out there you're a hell of an athlete but i'm gonna break your nose i'm gonna cut the ring in half i'm gonna break your leg and you're gonna be a, as worthless as a three uh a three-legged stool at that point yep exactly yeah yes, and, and then good. and they would do you know him and Oli especially when they were together well you know and him and Tully too but when they they yeah. would technically they would choose a part on the guy's body and work it and they would tell that story throughout their match yeah there yeah. was there was nothing excessive about anything they did but to your point, Arn would come up ahead of time and be like, hey, here's what we're going to do to you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, get your ass in that ring because you're about to, you know, your elbow's going to get broken or your shoulder's going to get you know, displaced. And yep. there you go. Arn Anderson. Woo. Good one to number eight. So we yeah. got CM Punk at 10, Jericho at nine, and Arn Anderson at number eight there, man. Real quickly, Jeremy, I yes. have to put this out there. We got Prime. We got to plug our Prime channel there. Go to tinyurl.com, BB, or backslash BB, try Prime. Jeremy, you want to tell them about it? I hate to interrupt our, our podcast with that, but I just want to get it out there one time real quick uh hit it and go we got it we got a yeah, good yeah. list this week yeah just kind of throw it so, so throwing it out there for you man what about our prime tell them about that please you get a 30-day free trial of amazon prime if you go to that and sign up with amazon prime you get their streaming service you get their music service they're working on switching everything to one day shipping it is a great way to I and mean, just like improve like the quality of what you watch they have all sorts of fantastic shows on amazon prime movies the original content it's really worth it you get to try it for free the show gets a couple bucks when you do it 
Bobby, I know you use Amazon Prime. I use Amazon Prime. I buy like, you know, my everyday stuff through Amazon Prime, like toilet paper and soaps and stuff like that for cleaning around the house. It can, it can actually, you know, streamline your life in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I've said before, you know, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Corner Gas is on there. This new show yep. I found called Transylvania TV is on there. It's a puppet show that is not for little kids. There's lots of good stuff. Give it a try. Try tinyurl.com backslash BB try prime show gets a little bit of kickback try for 30 days you're not out of anything but i tell you i love my prime i'm not just saying that i'm not being paid to do that i hopefully we do get some kickback and all that but i love it because i order books and things and um you know i get that free shipping man i get next day shipping sometimes so it's it's worth it to me i might order a book or dvd for 2.99 or 3.99 and then pay five dollars for shipping that's crazy you know i save that per month easy by getting books sent to me, you know, every couple of days, every couple of weeks, or how many books I order that month. And that's not the only thing I order. I order lots of stuff off there when I can afford it, of course. I'm just saying I know the free shipping is, is that, and I love the streaming service. So give it a try, tellyourall.com backslash BB, try Prime. Anyway, let's move on to number seven, Jeremy. Who is it? Well, number seven is a, a absolute favorite of mine, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Uh, not only did Jake work the mic perfectly, he worked the camera because he would hold his eye on the camera so long that the viewing audience at home started to lose their nerve a little bit. Yeah, man. And we almost, we almost, I suggested it. Take them off this list because everyone's going to probably have them on their list. We had them right around seven or eight. I might even start them off at 10 and we traded around a little bit to get a couple of the other guys on here. And Jay, uh, you, you wrote me back and said, no. Jake has to be on this list, man. Yeah. Jake Roberts, his interview, like you said, that style, man, he just looking at that camera and that hard look. And, and again, making you believe like our did. Jake mm-hmm. made, he drug you in. He, he, you know, across that TV screen, that projection. And you're sitting there like maybe looking back like, Ooh, man, he means what he says, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So well, yeah, very, know, very intense. Yeah. Jake, had, well, that was it. Jake had an intense, but he had a very measured way of speaking. He was almost a poet in the word in his word choice. Text sent us the suggestion of the Muck of Avarice where he's talking to Ted DiBiase. And it's actually a really good interview. I just prefer heel Jake Roberts over face Jake Roberts. Oh, I do too, yeah. 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 Um, but, it, I mean, that's a really good interview where, you know, he comes out and he's kind of like the working class hero at this point And he's going to take a pound of flesh out of DiBiase for what he's done to the poor people in the audience that he's humiliated. Yeah, and his his word choice and everything is just fantastic. But Jake Roberts is a guy who could quote Prince lyrics and make you want to shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, you mentioned texting us in. Folks, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, or you go to, Jeremy mentioned earlier, the Facebook page, go over there, hit us up. But on Twitter, hit Jeremy up at the Geekish Cast, hit me up at BobbyBlaze744, or go to the uh, joint account, which is at bell to bell blaze on Twitter, and leave a suggestion. Tex has some great, great uh, suggestion this week, but we kind of veered away from just the one promo, as you prefaced this show with, to a lifetime of promos. You know, And again, if you haven't read my books, I put this in, in Pin Me, Pay Me, and that is this. There's a difference between a promo and an interview, and what we're talking about, Jeremy could be interviewing me, and I could be answering his questions about this Friday night's fight, you know, but in a promo, you just have the microphone yourself, or someone could be holding it. Either way, you're actually cutting the promo you're promoting what's going to happen when you get to the building this friday night there's a big difference between an interview and a promo and we're talking about promos here and jake was one of the best promo men best guys in the business for promos you know so that's kind of one of those things that that we're kind of putting out there so Anyway, hit us up if you want to. Use the hashtag BBBB if you want to. Let us know who you think were the best promo business or any other top ten we do. Give us that feedback. Give us a suggestion. I think Tim from Wild Man Can't Jump has sent us some suggestions to you. I know he has to me just one or two, but to you he sent in several. Yep. I think Nate, Nate has to me of suggestions for show topics. Folks, we're open to those. Send them out to us. Uh, unlike Jake Roberts, we're not going to come through our TV, your TV screen or your video camera or your computer screen and take a snake and hold it to your arm and let it bite you Uh, you know (laughs) you know we're not making threats we're just saying hey you're welcome to disagree with us and and we'll we'll gladly interact oh yeah you can ask jock and missy that if you want right right? yeah i mean here's the thing bobby i've said it a couple weeks in a row now I, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again before the end of the day. Hell, I probably, exactly. 
I, I woke up at 5 this morning. I was probably wrong more times by 9 a.m. than most people will be the rest of the day. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong about our top ten list. I, I, I do know not. number six is one of your some man, I tell you what, since we started this podcast, I had told you I went back and uh, you know, before a couple months before that, uh did a whole Nick Bockwinkle thing, man. Mm-hmm. This guy here, I'm telling you, you had convinced me once we started the podcast, I was like, you know what? He's right, man. Let me go even further back on my Nick Bockwinkle. Tell us about number six, man. What well, a great promo. Yeah, number six, Nick Bockwinkle. Bobby the Brain Heenan was his manager, but Nick didn't need a mouthpiece. No. No. And he'd come up and, you know, I've heard people say, and it's, I'm going to have to just say it's, you know, apocryphal or whatever at this point. I've heard people say that Nick would sit and read a dictionary or a thesaurus to find new words to use. Mm -hmm. He didn't, Mm -hmm. he never yelled. I I think he did on the episode of the monkeys that he was on, but outside of that, (laughs) he he never yelled. He was very measured in everything he did. He said, you know, everybody's up there yelling. Then Nick Bockwinkle comes out and he's just real quiet and real smooth. He makes the audience feel stupid by using, you know, $5 words when a nickel would have done just fine. Mm -hmm. Bockwinkle, he is one of those guys. I'm sure we'll have this argument a million times before we're done with this show. You could put Nick Bockwinkle with Harley Race and Ric Flair as greatest world champion ever. And he yeah. could he could wrestle a broomstick. He was a guy who did not ever have the same match twice. Right. Yeah, I mean he was just he was an incredible guy, but his time on the mic is what really did it. You know, Nick Bockwinkle yeah. was a villain most of his career. And yeah. he did he held that heat just by making the audience feel stupid. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I was just gonna say what you said about you gotta realize, and we, we Bobby Heenan was on our list for for managers, of course. You got two guys out there. Bachwick was very, very educated too, and, and philosophical in ways during some of those promos. And the thing was, Bobby could be the one out there yelling and losing his cool when people called him weasel or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever phase it was. But again, it would come back to Bachwick, and he would just talk to him. He would just talk to him, talk to the opponent, talk to the TV camera. Hell, he even talked to Bobby. Like, you know what? He's getting all bent out of shape. Bobby, calm down. I've got this kind of thing, you know, yep. not in those words, paraphrasing. So yeah, and he, I always thought this was just me. I always thought, man, Bachwinkle just is smooth. He just looks smooth. He had a great body, fucking phenomenal wrestler and performer, and and then he could talk. So there's all three of the made ingredients to that cake, all three of the made ingredients to make a, a world champion professional wrestler, and that's what Bachwinkle was. I think he was first class all the way. Yeah, he could have been higher on this list too, but as you mentioned earlier, our top ten could be a tied top ten of all number ones, depending on whose list you listen to. You yeah, know. absolutely. And I did see that episode of the Monkeys just a few weeks back uh, on uh, <laughs> MeTV. Uh, Bachwinkle was on there. I, I think uh, who, who someone passed away. Peter Twork or someone, I don't know, they, they started putting on me TV on Sunday afternoons, uh, the monkeys, and and several couple weeks into it, I don't know when that was, maybe February, March, whatever, there was the episode of Nick Bockwinkle on it, so yeah, I got that, that's pretty cool, man, Yeah. Uh, see, see the world champion on there, good stuff, man, let's move on, how about that? Okay, number five, you know what, I'm going to let, no, you know what, I'm going to say the name, then I'm going to let you talk, because... You have a relationship with this guy that is fascinating to me. Okay. Number five is the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Yes. And Kevin, you know, what are, I've mentioned it before, he's got one of the greatest minds in professional wrestling history, in my opinion. I think a lot of people share that same opinion. Kevin had that way of conveying, taking his time when he spoke, and he talked to the people. He spoke to them and talked to them into the building. Even when he was doing the uh, dark side stuff, he never mentioned Satan or the devil, but he lured people to, with words to, to allude to the fact that, you know, this darkness is here. You know, it's one of those things. He had that power over you, whether it be the purple haze or, or angel or woman or, or when he was forming the varsity club and he spoke with his high uh boston accent about how you know uh mike rotundo and some of those guys uh, steve williams you know the, the, the elite athletes at those universities of oklahoma and syracuse respectfully but uh and kevin with that boston accent he would you know it would cringe you that he's like his interviews were like the shoot he was one of those guys to me that when when he spoke, it was like a shoot, and that's the way it was. I tell people all the time, think, shoot, then work. And I think, and I know, because I had good teachers, and, and Kevin's one of them. He was always, you know, I was around him quite a bit in Smoky Mountain, a lot in, in uh, 
uh, WCW, and and I, actually it's been about five years ago. He's been at my home one time, come up here for a little seminar I was having back in the day, and, and we sit there and just listen to him for like three hours talking about some of the things. We talked about Hawk last week turning the heel, and Kevin told that story. But on his interviews, Kevin, he just had that way of he, – he spoke the truth out to that point of, okay, where do you draw the line at, you know? And, and some people thought he probably crossed the line. But the main thing was you bought into it. You know, he was a taskman. He made you believe. That's the thing about his interviews. I, I can't say enough good things about him. I certainly can't interview like him. But also, I say this, it goes back to he credits Malenko back in the Florida days with being influential on his, at some point, you know, having heard some of those guys in Florida. Uh, someone else is going to come up on our list here in just a minute. I won't give anything away. And also, I mentioned Malenko and some other people in that Florida territory. Kevin learned to come into his own. He worked all over the daggum every territory in the U.S., and I know worldwide, but man, he had program of guys uh, all over the place, San Francisco, L.A., Florida Territory, to Ben, you know, Booker, and, and worked up, and he was, he was working in WWF back when Stan Hansen got his neck broken. He was mm-hmm. working up there. You know, he told us that story. Uh, he told me that story about um, uh, not throwing a clothesline in a match leading up to because uh, uh, Sarmartino was coming back, and he had had that neck broken with uh, the, the lariat we was talking about off the air, Stan Hansen hitting people. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, just one of those great minds as to why you don't throw a clothesline in a match on some spot show when you're going to have a big, uh, 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 guest closed circuit back in the day, Shea Stadium deal where Bruno's going to make his comeback because someone broke his neck several weeks before that. You know, it's just a great mind. But again, with that great mind came a great interview. Anyway, go. Oh, absolutely. No, it's just Kevin Sullivan is one of those guys. He had an almost manic energy that it felt like he was trying to keep down, you know, mm. like he felt like he was going to jump out of his own skin and get you any moment when, when he was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could tell, like he, he was wanting to like come out more than he was doing, but he's kind of keeping himself pulled back. Like, like he had an energy that he was going to choke the living shit out of somebody, but he knew he had to keep it together <laughs> for a few more minutes. Yeah. Um, Starkness hidden within man. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not an actor. I'm, I don't know a lot about acting, but I am fascinated by some of the process and that there's a, there's these things that they can do energy wise and shit like that, where you just feel like, fuck, he's going to kill somebody, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's got his shit together right now, but you get him in that ring and Jesus Christ, look out, something bad's coming your way. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that does crack me up, Kevin's, he's living in Portland for what, 20 years now uh, or somewhere yeah, around there. Somewhere, yeah. And he's still got a Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that's lifetime, man. I'm telling yeah. you. Oh, man. I'm listening to a Stephen King audio book right now, and the guy's doing the book, and of course, in a, in a Massachusetts, uh, Boston type accent, you know. So now I'm going to be thinking about this guy reading the book and Kevin Sullivan's voice. Oh. oh, you're scaring me. Not that Stephen King can't scare me. Now I got Sullivan's voice scaring me on the audio book. Yep. Jeez, stop, man. We got to go number four. And all I can say is two words, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Hit it. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. So this one, we are going to go to Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. My uh, my absolute favorite throughout most of my younger years. Um, uh-huh. When I had quit watching wrestling and then I had accidentally flipped through Nitro before the NWO landed, saw Macho Man was there, and I was like, hey, I could watch this. Yeah. I loved everything about Macho Man on a microphone. He did... He did that modulation with his voice where he'd get, you know, real screwed up and talk like this, then he'd slow down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freak out, freak out, freak out. We're making it happen. Are you making it happen? We're all making it happen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I did a double bump there with the Macho Man on Bobby Blaze. I took a double bump in the bathroom there, Jeremy. Oh, God, yeah. Ooh, yep. Yeah. And you could listen to him talk. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a trick that you, you go listen to guys that learn like a three-hour-a-day radio show. And you'll notice that they modulate their voice continuously, so that way you never get bored of the way they speak. And Macho Man had that shit down. I bet you, here's the thing, I bet you he did that naturally. I bet you that's not something he learned to do. I bet you that is just something he happened across. Yeah, you know, and the thing was, I don't know that I ever saw, and I have people tell me they have, and they, of course, these are, they tell me they have heard or seen, I'm not talking about people within a wrestling industry, I'm talking about people, and I'm not, uh, just, you know, fans will say, mm-hmm. they'll tell me they heard the Macho Man talking, and he didn't talk like that, they saw him in a character, let me tell you something, I saw the Macho Man Randy Savage in 1978, and I worked with him in 1998. 
you know, uh, was around them over a 20 year period or so. I never once, even in the gyms, I never once heard him break character. He stayed that intense. He was just a very intense person. I'm not saying he didn't. Okay. I'm just know that people have come up to me and they swear me. That's not the way he really talks. Well, you know what? Those are the same people that swear to you, Jeremy, mm -hmm. that I wrestled the macho man, which I didn't just to ver just to clarify that. But those same fans will swear to you, you know, oh yeah, I heard him do this and heard him. No, you know what? The macho man was the macho man was a macho man. He was 100% intense. Can you dig it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? He had it, man. Wow. Yeah. Now, no, I didn't realize how important he was to you. Oh yeah. Um, when he, when he became world champion, what was that? Wrestle, was that WrestleMania four? I think so. Um, when that was going in and everybody else I knew was like, Oh, Hogan's going to be champion again. I'm like, Nope, it's going to Macho Man. <laughs> and yeah. sure as shit, he got it. You know, my, my biggest problem was, I like heel Macho Man pretty well. I was, I yeah. was a pretty big fan. I was going to say, we cheer for the heels, man. I, I'm a heel Macho Man, too, man. I, I, I dug him as a heel, man. Yeah. And he used to cut promos uh, when I watched ICW, and it was a big deal, and he was their world champion. Him and Lanny had this program, and, of course, the that's all, you know, Poffo's on the company, and we've heard these stories through the years. But I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh when they came to the National Guard Armory here and they sold out, you know, Ashland and Paintsville and, and they, they tried to do Lexington out in the surrounding areas of Lexington. They went out Western Kentucky, which this is a big ass state. You go that distance. It's eight hours away. They're over Missouri. It's just a little outlaw promotion. They're down trying to get around, you know, Southern Kentucky around, uh, right above Knoxville and stuff. But that macho man, he came, you really believed he was a world champion. You know, mm -hmm. when he got on that TV and said the world champion's coming, it, it, to us, that was the world champion. Sure, we had some TV, uh, some Georgia started coming in, or we used to, like I said, I grew up on a Memphis, so we got Jerry the King Lawler every week, you know, the, the world champion, that whoever they would bring in, whether it be, uh, you know, AWA or NWA, or, or, or they claimed that Lawler was this, or, or uh, uh, whoever, but the Macho Man, we believed that, you know, he was the world champion because he, uh, once again, through that talk, and of course your ring action, but we're talking interviews, through that talk when he came on there, you believed the real world champion was coming to your town. You better get your ass down there, buy a ticket, and watch him perform. And that's what great interviews do. They talk you in mm -hmm. to the building. They get you down to that building, get you to buy a ticket. They get you to watch them get their ass whipped or they whip someone's ass. And that's what the macho man, I'll tell you what, I don't think he ever failed to deliver, but I'm with you. I like the old heel macho. Man, yeah. more, more than anything, yeah, good, good stuff, man, good stuff. Oh yeah, and he's another one. His word choice. I mean, Hulkamania is like a, a single grain of sand in the Sahara Desert that is Macho Madness. <laughs> it's, it's shit like that, you know. That's, I mean, that's up there at that Jake, Jake the Snake level of like almost poetry, you know. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome word choice. The voice modulation, and then th this is kind of the opposite of what I was saying about Kevin Sullivan. Whereas Kevin Sullivan felt like he was pulling back on his own reins. It felt like Macho Man was going to lose his shit any second, and there was <laughs> there was nothing there was nothing holding him back. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Snap into it, you know. That's what I'm saying? right. We got to snap into real quickly. A big shout out. How about our YouTube channel? We got over 4,500 subscribers to it. It's at tinyurl.com backslash bb bb video. Hit that up. Text does a really wonderful job with it. Again, we got 4,500 subscribers. The uh, badasses, most legit. Ming has hit 110,000 views on badasses. All of our top hot women are on there. All of our top announcers. And hopefully one day our top promo men is going to be on there. I won't be on there for a top promo. I can assure you of that. But text does a really good job. It's tinyrail.com backslash BB, BB video. And with that, Jeremy, I was going to ask you, please, please, I hear some glass shattering. Who's number three? Number three on our list is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man, yep. it was hard not putting him in a number one, wasn't it? Even yep. bumping him number two, it was hard. Yep. We had to put him in there somewhere, though. We're well, getting down to nitty gritty now. Here's, Steve Austin was a victim of just not being in the right place at the right time until he was. And, yeah. then, and then he was in the 100% perfect place at the perfect time. Look, when he was superstar, uh, Steve Austin, or was he still Steve Williams? Whatever. When he was superstar back at ECW, he was great yeah. on the mic. When oh, he yeah. was with the uh, the West Hollywood, not the West Hollywood Blondes, but the Hollywood Blondes and WCW, he was good oh, on yeah. the mic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, they gave him Ted DiBiase. Well, the thing, not unfortunately, 
He was better on a mic than DiBiase was at that point in his career, though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then they put him in a program with Jake the Snake, and a little phrase was born, and the <laughs> whole fucking world was on fire after that. Yeah. And it takes on one of those things, too. When you mentioned last week we was talking about the NWO mm-hmm. and then uh, the merchandise, man – when when he's you know when he said and stole cold so told you so and mm-hmm. and, and and Austin three sixteen says boom you talk about merchandise yep. I want to say like a ninety eight or something his fucking merchandise it goes back to what you said at that whole NWO thing you, you you'd see the damn uh, shirts man next thing you know you're seeing everyone wearing a stone cold shirt yep. or stone uh steve uh austin 316 says you would see uh, merchandise off the fucking shelves they probably couldn't print those shirts fast enough to get them out to the fans that that got into you talk about getting over man that and, and it's just not that one fucking promo like we talked about dude he delivered all the time uh, you look at that stuff he did with Vince. We yep. talked about that before the program. We might need to even revisit that sometime. That whole feud when we talked about Mr. McMahon and, and, and Stone Cold before and the, just the fuse he had with other people. It's, may or may not be on this list, but anyway, uh, not to give anything away, but uh, man, he could just fucking talk. And he's got a great podcast. I haven't listened to it for a while, but his his podcast, man, he, he gets into some really good stuff on there too, talking to other wrestlers. I really dig it when I hear him talking to some of the other guys that's been on his podcast. He's just a good interview, not just a good interview, I'm sorry, a good promo, man. He could just really let you know. And uh, he he started that. The only thing is people still do it, and uh, that what, what? You're like, what the fuck? You know, but it's, here it is, you know, what is it, 20 years later, and people are like, damn, man, Steve Austin, yep. wow, what a promo guy. For a moment, I'm going to stop praising Caesar and bury him for just a quick second. Okay. You bring up the what thing that irritated the shit out of me. Oh, me too. I hated it. And I then, still do. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, sorry. the one thing that that irritated me more than anything else that they had Steve Austin do or that, that got done by Steve Austin, Lance Storm is a fucking poet in the ring. And they had him come out and start chanting boring at Lance Storm. Oh, okay. And that is one that I'm just like, <laughs> no, you don't, don't, don't highlight that for the fans. The fans may not even have known it yet, you know. <laughs> but they got you. You yep. was watching, and they got you. Jerry. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, he did his job, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Those are the two things that I'm always just like, oh god. But now getting away from that. Yeah. Stone Cold was a beer swollen, microphone killing son of a bitch. Oh, absolutely. And you know, he was one of those guys that you know he was. He was one of those guys that made wrestling cool, like you're saying. You know, fucking nobody was ashamed to wear a Stone Cold shirt. Oh. It was, you know what that beer drinker, too? I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Not only a great promo and beer drinker, he could fucking catch those cans. Yeah. They would come at every fucking angle. I don't think you ever got hit with one fucking. Yeah, you know how hard it is catching cans when people's throwing them up to you? It's hard, man. You got the lights back there, people back there that are coming from three different directions. You got fucking forearms in your dick and you're grabbing fucking beers because you want to swallow one. I'm telling you. He never missed a beer, I don't think, man. It sure didn't seem like it. Yeah. <laughs> then cut the promo. Yeah. But yeah, he was, so, I mean, he is just. Just something on a microphone. Um, you know, he's not even like one of my favorites. It's just when you see somebody on a mic that fucking good, you you notice it, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree yeah. with you. It's just one of those things. He made our list. Well, with that said, let's go to number two. Mm-hmm. Uh man, and just dusty. Just yeah. dusty roads. We won't spend a whole lot of we'll have to spend a whole lot of time because we got a whole special episode on Dusty. Why we love Dusty Roads. It's episode four on a Bell to Bell podcast. Uh but Dusty man, that man, of course, everyone's gonna I'm gonna throw it out there as a softball to you. Everyone's gonna go to one promo they like better than the other, and that's the which one, Jeremy? More like Oh, that's the uh, the hard times. Hard I mean, times. Yeah. Everyone that sent in stuff said, Bobby, you gotta put Dusty's hard times. Well, if you haven't seen the hard times video, go out there and find it on YouTube and, and and you'll love it. It's a great promo. But you're talking to someone over forty year career mm. that that had great promos. You know, he could cut a promo, whether he's fighting for the world championship against uh, uh Ric Flair, whether he's fighting against Harley Race, or whether he has to go out there and be, you know, uh, in some black, uh, some polka, yellow polka dots in the black, Dusty could get it over because Dusty could talk. So yep. from the outlaw days to the Florida days, 
to to uh, to getting over to where I see still today, uh, just just via social media, so many people that are in the WWE now that contribute or attribute to Dusty the American Roads Dream Dream Roads whatever fuck I'm getting stumbled I'm getting excited they all say you know Dusty believed in me. Dusty taught me how to do an interview. Uh, I, I've heard Paige, uh, she even, you know, says that. She says, man, Dusty, I, a couple other, maybe Becky, I don't know who they are. Some of those girls even say, man, Dusty took the time to talk to me about doing a promo an interview and those type of things. And, uh, that shows you, and I think, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about his sons and stuff, just the influence that he had. But those promos, man, he had some of the greatest promos. And, of course, we all believe and want to believe the hard time was his best. But you could probably pick out ten fucking best like we did recently. Oh. We love them. You could pick out ten, you could pick out a hundred best fucking Dusty promos and love them all and not be able to rank them in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, with the uh, the hard times promo, I'm going to spend a second on that real quick. Mm-hmm. So my ex-wife wasn't not a wrestling fan or anything and definitely when our kids watch wrestling dusty was not wrestling you know so a couple of years ago there was a guy that we had seen at a few comic conventions his name's justin land incredible pop artist what i wanted for my birthday more than anything was this dusty Rhodes picture he did mm. and so my wife or my ex-wife went and found it but then went and read up on dusty Rhodes and went and watched the hard times interview and she was raised a southern baptist <laughs> And she was almost in tears watching it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'll grab you, man. It'll grab you. Yeah. It really will. Yeah. That's a good story, man. Yeah. They really will. Because Dusty was just, you know, here's the thing. I mean, the WWE angle of the common man, it was the right angle. It was just the wrong outfit and song. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but. he was, I mean, you know, the black audiences loved him in the South. The white audience loved him in the South. Uh, fuck, he was a, he was a Florida guy that they would send up to New York to fight superstar Billy Graham. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Fuck, they fought like three times in Madison Square Garden, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, anytime, yeah. and anytime you see that, there was more charisma in that ring right at that moment than there's been yeah. in wrestling for 15 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing about, man, just the interviews, the promos, mm-hmm. the whole setups. You know, that, that's what it was, man. That's why Dusty's number two. I will let you introduce number one, man, because we've had a tough go at it, man. Before we do that, let me just do this, Jeremy. I will give a quick shout-out to today's sponsors, the At Wide Men Can't Jump podcast. It's, it's their At Wide Men, or excuse me, they're at Wide Jump on Twitter. They're at Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, you'll be able to find them on Facebook, I'm sure. Go to blogtalkradio.com backslash wide men can't jump give them a listen they do a lot of different sports stuff they do talk about professional wrestling there the most recent uh episode if i'm not mistaken is talking about the, the uh nba draft that took place uh, last week so you can catch up with those guys go over and give nate tim and tr a listen tell them you heard about them uh on our podcast the bell to bell with bobby blaze podcast and put them over a little bit man they're good dudes believe me i wouldn't say that uh we're not someone just picking up any fucking sponsors as you know we've been on here a year and this is our first sponsor probably because i dropped too many f-bombs and i don't fact check but the fact is they got a pretty damn good podcast because i've been on it i'm gonna be on it and just take my word for it. Give him a lesson. Jeremy, tell us about number one, would you? Well, <laughs> who started off his career having people chant, die, Rocky, die. <laughs> he turned into, I mean, I'm, you can't even say the biggest wrestler on the planet. He was the biggest star on the planet. Man. And he talked his way, well, he talked his way and smiled his way into it, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, that, that's the, yeah. the the Rock is one of those those guys that every dude wants to be and every chick wants to make. You know, he's as big as a fucking house. One of, the, one of the biggest Hollywood stars in the last 15, 20 years. You put him on a microphone and Jeez. it is just, it is just gold from the, <laughs> from, from the moment of go. I mean, I don't even care if you got him up there singing Elvis songs, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know, man. Uh, some of the stuff he could do, we cannot probably say enough stuff about The Rock being number one on here. And I tell you, if you haven't seen it, go out and see it. His movie, you know, with uh, star uh, has the, based on Paige's life story, the uh, fight with my family. His performance in that man will fucking grip you. Just when he cussed a promo on her and her brother, I mean, it's, it's just like they're in a, it's like a shoot in a wrestling ring. He takes, he just tells them, uh, you know, and, and I'm not giving anything away from the movie. It's just, a, it's that good of a fucking. 
fucking movie. You don't have to be a wrestling fan or like that movie. Of course, he produced it, and he's in it. But when he does that promo on those two kids in that movie, I fucking pop big time, man. I'm like, that's the fucking rock right there, man. It, it that, like you said, you give them the microphone and the rest, and it goes back to our top ten real quickly. CM Punk, uh, number nine, him and Jericho. Jericho's from WCW, jumps over there because they don't see the charisma. Only Dean Malenko does, and he's over feuding with the rock on, on another fucking station, blowing them out. We've got Ron Anderson, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Nick Bockwinkle, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Dusty Rose, and the Rock. Anything else on the Rock, Jeremy? What What is there not to say about the Rock? I mean, we can just kind of keep talking about him. Look, he was the most electrifying man in in wrestling. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to use that other phrase. Well, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm throwing out the Freebird rule. I'm what? throwing out the Freebird rule. That's right. I hear the song in the background. I hear real American. I'm sitting there going, oh, take all your vitamins, kitties. Say your pr-. No, I'm thinking, whoo, I'm a kiss dealer, wheeling dealer, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Whoo, it's the nature boy. And when the nature boy comes to town, you better watch out. Because whether you like it or whether you don't, you better learn to love it. Because a nature boy has broken out. The Freebird Rule, Jeremy, the greatest promo man, greatest promo guy in the business ever. Woo! Well, you, the Nature Boy. You know, he's not on your list. He's on my list. I'm called in the Freebird Rule for the Nature Boy. Woo! Yeah, you, uh, you know, you know, nobody has to like it. Everybody just has to sit down and look at it and respect it. Ric Flair, one of the greatest all-around people in pro wrestling ever in history. He could piss off an audience. Until he got older, and then there was no making him a heel no matter what you did. Um, he, he could have shot a guy in the audience, they still would have cheered him. But you put him on a mic, he could sell the next show. He could get you, he could get the audience ready to stab him. He, he could do anything to move that audience in any direction he wanted. He, he could turn a phrase like nobody's business. Uh, fuck, there's, there's just nobody better than Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> Hey, Bobby, one one thing I'm going to throw in here before we wrap up. I mean, you know, obviously you pulled out the Freebird rule. That is uh, something we don't do very often, but I'm going to let it go, even though we didn't discuss it ahead of time. But I am going to bring up one thing that I think our audience should check out, our fans, our listeners out there. Here's a video link I'm going to give you. tinyurl.com slash video. This will take you to Bobby Blaze talking about how WCW disrespected him when he was at a Cleveland All-Pro show. Oh, yeah. And Bobby doesn't Woo! talk up his the Bobby doesn't talk up his mic skills, but this night, this fucking night right here, you're a fucking champ this night. Well, that's because I was working as a heel. Yep. <laughs> and I was being myself. Woo! Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All give right. Give us that one more time. What was it? It was. Nah, let me go back to it again. Uh, BBWCW video. Woo! Yeah, tinyurl.com <laughs> slash BBWCW video. This has been a fun episode. Again, that's three in a row we've had a great time with. Woo! I can do all night long, baby, because I'm a 60-minute <laughs> man. Woo! <laughs> yeah, didn't this, didn't this kind of attitude get you in some trouble with Roddy Piper? <laughs> I'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Well, hey. It's now 60 minutes right now for this podcast. And oh. It's time to bring this baby to an end. All right. Woo! Well, everybody, for uh, Bobby Blaze and myself, Jeremy Vilmer, thank you for tuning in to uh, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. This was episode 46. We are very glad you tuned in, but it's been your pleasure to listen. We'll catch you next week on Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Good night, Bobby. Woo!
Cleveland Heavyweight Championship, I could not be the TV champion. See, the only person here that gets a shot at Tony Rich and the Cleveland Heavyweight title is the number one contender. So it was Rose won the match fair and square, and I'm not the TV champ. Guess what? I'm the number one contender. So Tommy Rich, listen, and listen forever, and forever, and forever, because Jerry Lawler, you're well past your crown, you got fire, and I got fire. Tommy Rich, you're well past your ride, Jack. But it's now time for Blazing Bobby Blaze to shine. So as the number one contender without that title, I'm now alive for a Cleveland Heavyweight Championship match with Tommy Wildfire Rich in Cuba first. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna kick Tommy Rich like the egg-sucking dog that he is, just like the rest of you big city folks, because this boy 